When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We got a special heat check edition for you guys. As you can see, we're, we're remote, but we had to get it out. Happy Easter to you, Gil. How, how was your Easter Sunday? I, it, hey, happy Easter to you. I forgot it was Easter Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the kids woke up and was like, all right, yeah, where are we going for Easter Sunday? I'm like, Wait, what? It's Sunday? It's Easter? Because usually we throw like a big little party and uh, have little eggs with money in it and the candy. So... You know, I had the boys this year. The girls is gone. Usually, it's the girl thing. They want to get the little, you know, little age and stuff. But since the, I had the boys, they just want to play video games. So, kind of forgot about it. So, playoffs kicked off Saturday, but we got to talk about the big game of the day, Sunday. Uh, number seven, Nets coming into two Celtics. KD and Kyrie. Kyrie flipping Celtics fans. Multiple birds, I believe, told one of them to, to suck his dick during halftime. Uh, dropped 39 points, but Jason Tatum got the last laugh with the game winner at the buzzer. How big of a deal is it for the Celtics to now have stole game one back from the Nets? You know, um, that's basically the only series I want to watch uh, because you really have two top seeds playing each other this early. You know, when, when if you take away, you know, what happened to Kyrie, you know, early in the season – you know, uh, them just being injured, that should have been a top one, two, three seed. So the fact that you're probably getting your Eastern Conference Finals game right now is what we, we need to be paying attention to. So I think that, that that first game, you know, it should be, it should be, uh, you know, I, I figured Boston would, would, would squeeze it out, but I did have the Nets, you know, probably still in game one, for sure still in game two. So I have them leaving, you know, uh, Boston 1-1. You know, so the fact that, um, you know, Boston did take game one on that uh, fantastic, uh, you know, spin layup was amazing. So, you know, you've been in several playoff series on the road side as well. How important is it to just get one of those games? You know, it's very unlikely that you're going to get two. This obviously should have been the game for the Nets. But now if the Nets can't win that second game and they go down 0-2 heading back to Brooklyn, should they be nervous? Should they be concerned? Or is it still just, you know, they're going to be know, fine? Usually the first two games is always hard on a road team because they have to defend their home court. So in the playoffs, you know, as, as a road team, you're just trying to steal a game. You know, because the way, the, the way it's said is they defended their home, we defend our home. So as a road team, you're trying to just steal a game on the road you know, so it can swing back in your favor. You know, um, both teams look great, um, to be honest. Um, KD looked a little rocky at the beginning, just, you know, missing shots that he normally makes. Um, but it's it's what I expected from them, too. You know, they're going to play great. Um, I'm, I'm liking that they move Marcus Smart to the one, you know, so he doesn't feel that he needs to be, you know, a scorer all the time. 
you know, he can facilitate a little bit. You know, um, he feels like he's part of the team. And, and I think the chemistry is a little bit better now. So let's talk about that that final possession. Celtics, Emei Doka didn't call timeout, let him rock. What does that say about him, first-year coach with this squad and the trust that he has in his team to be able to just let them rock out, let them cook out? And he said, look, I was going to let them do whatever they are going to do. If it ever became a situation where I need to use that timeout to draw up a play with a couple seconds left, he would have did it. But what does it mean to you to see him having the gall, you know, the marbles to be able to do that in his first postseason game as a head coach? I mean, when you when you look at the the play, a bad coach would have called a timeout. A, a coach who never played the game would have called that timeout because if he would have seen it, it was already a disadvantage on the Nets because on that right side, you have the ball handler and one more person, but there's three defenders over there, which means that someone wasn't doing their job, so they didn't match up very well. So I don't mean to point names, but <laughs> Brown, you know, on the Nets, he didn't, he was in, he was in no man's land. You know, he's stopping the ball. He's trying to stop the ball, but it's already guarded. Then it swings. He's the one who jumps, you know, then they're out of bounds trying to, you know, with the pump fake. He gets pump fake out of bounds. So he goes from right to the, the right side of the court all the way to the left side of the court. So as a coach, once I seen that, I wouldn't stop that play anyway. So they can set up because you have one man in, one, in no man's land and, 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 and exactly what happened hurt him. That because he's out of position from the beginning that – we go from right to left, back to right. And that's how, you know, Tatum got his, his layup um, because one man didn't pick up. So there was basically a scramble mode. So it was a great, it was a great decision on coach. Um, but it's one of those, it's one of those um, situations is if he, if they don't score, people are going to criticize him for it. Even if they don't score it and they missed it, you had that team scrambling and that was the best you know, play, you know, you know, as an offensive, you know, um, as an offensive or being on the offense at that time, especially at home. So let's talk about, you know, Kyrie, the, the bird flipping situation. He's flipping more birds than Franklin Saint. So after the game, uh, you know, when he was talking about it, he got caught with the double birds behind the back. I think he threw one up after he hit a three. Obviously told the fan at halftime uh, what he could do to him. But Kyrie said in terms of his relationship with Celtics fans who were booing him the whole game, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me. I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan. When people start yelling pussy or bitch or you and all this stuff, there's only but so much you take as a competitor. We're the ones expected to be docile and humble, take a humble approach. That is the playoffs. This is, this is what it is. So when you hear Kyrie say that, and you've been you know very critical, obviously, of, of Boston fans, of Knicks fans, what do you think from Kyrie's perspective? Are they, are they giving up too much, or is this just a part of the game? It's a part of the game. It's it's playoffs. You know, we all know <laughs> we all know what the Boston fans are going to do. What they're going to do. This whole series is going to be him being booed. Um, so it's it's basically how can he play? You know, under that pressure, and obviously he did a hell of a job. So. Um, I don't see nothing wrong with, you know, on either side. You know, no one's getting punched. No one's getting a mouthpiece thrown at him on accident. But um, other than that, you know, I, I it's, all, it's all fair at this point. You know, so I don't think no fan should be kicked out. I don't think he should get fined. You know, it's I don't like it when you find a player for reacting to something. 
he's reacting to something. If you're not going to go after the person that he's reacting to, then you shouldn't penalize him. You know, so I don't think there should be any penalty for no group. This is playoffs. As long as no one's getting punched, thrown the ball or anything. Hey, if they're allowed to say things, he should be allowed to say something too. No, I completely agree with you, but I think we already know how Adam Silver and they handle that over at the league office. He's going to have to probably break some bread just because they got they got all the angles, though. They got the behind the behind the head with the W. I don't think if, if you don't see it on the game broadcast, I'm fine with it. But in the social media age, they're going to try to stomp down on you. But as I said, what, what if a player makes a stance and say, well, if if they cuss at me, then you should be able to kick them out. That means half the arena is going to be taken out. Exactly. If, if they shoot a bird at me. They should be kicked out too. If we're gonna play this game of let's kick out somebody for doing something bad, then then you got to penalize the first person. So now that means is Adam Silver willing to suspend all these fans from games because they're shooting a bird or or or, or cussing players out? And the answer is no. That's money. Listen, if the fans came there to do their job, no harm, no foul. You know, someone said, kiss my ass. He said, suck my balls. Hey, that's part That's part of it. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's part of it. That is part of the game. That's part of the, the fans' job at that point. There, This is the playoffs. He was an ex-player. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I, re I really don't. I mean, I feel you, so I know, obviously. You hear him yelling in the back, Kyrie, you suck. You know what I mean? It's, come on, you have you, you know you got to – that means that fan, wherever he was, had to hurry up and run down to that area so he can get the first the, – he can get that first spot just so he can yell at him before going into the locker room. Yeah, that's real. Let's talk just quickly about the Nets, their final possession, KD taking kind of off-balance three. Were you cool with that play call, or, or should they have rode that Kyrie wave? He had 39 at that point. He was He had the hot hand. Do you think it was the right play call on Steven Nash's part to let KD take that last shot or should Kyrie have got it? Um, listen, you know, those those guys um, play the game how they play the game. You know what I mean? Um, both of them are number one options. Both of them are great finishers. You know, if, if Kyrie felt, you know, that he wanted the ball at the end, he would have got the ball at the end. Um, you know, KD is a mismatch. Kyrie's a mismatch. You know, just this game, that play, you know, it went to KD. Next game, it might go to Kyrie. You know, there's, there's, what's so funny is Kyrie had 39, and at the beginning of the game, I was like, man, you ain't shooting enough. <laughs> you can't go this many possessions without touching the ball. You know, so, you know, great players like them, they figure out how to score and, and, and mesh with each other. So, um, you know, this game was lost on the defensive end. You know, it was lost on the defensive end at last possession. But um, other than that, I thought both teams played great. So now we got we got a little taste of it. One game. When you look at the series, who you got winning the series, and you think it's going seven, or how how's this going to finish up? I, I got this game. I got this game going seven. Um, I got Nets winning it. Um, you know, that's why I said it's my Eastern Conference Finals matchup. So um, I got them going seven, so we can see the uh, the Ben Simmons Seventy Sixers matchup. <laughs> and there, there's been talk Ben uh, allegedly, reportedly may come back for game somewhere around games four through six, if there is a game six. Do you think Ben is going to be a difference maker in this series or is he going to need some time? You know, it's a lot to ask somebody just to get thrown in the middle of a playoff, especially a series 
of this magnitude of this level with going against the Celtics? Do you think Ben's going to come in and be locked and loaded, ready to go, or or is he going to be rusty and rough? Ben Simmons comes back to game four, then it goes to six. <laughs> okay. It goes to six or five. The reason is this. They need Ben for defense. They don't need Ben for offense. So Ben's offensive offensive woos of last year does not even play a role in here. You know, you, you're talking about a guy who is all first-team defense. He guards one through five. So that means he's going to guard Tatum where um, KD don't have to in possessions. So whoever the hot man is, you know, you can throw you can throw Ben on him, you know, to neutralize that. So Ben just being a defensive player in that series will will change the tide. All right, well, damn, you, you, six if Ben comes back and four, we're going to see if it happens. I know Celtics fans disagree with you. They're going to try to come for you like Warriors fans came oh, for you oh. and Ari Spears after y'all said the Bulls, the 96 Bulls would give it to the 2017 Warriors. Now we're going to switch it up a little bit. We got a new game we're going to play called Something, Nothing, or Everything. I'm going to give you a topic. You're going to tell me, as the name suggests, if it's something, nothing, or everything. So first up, got to talk about them Warriors, you know, Warriors Nuggets. The lineup of Curry, Clay, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond outscored the Nuggets by 14 points in just five minutes playing together. Gil, is that something, nothing, or everything? You know, I mean, that's 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 a great lineup. I'm not even going to lie. That, that lineup is pretty deadly. Um, you know, I think that's the new, what they call it, the death squad. That, that, that sounds like a, uh, that squad right there is, is pretty vicious when they all play together. So just looking at Jordan Poole, you know, when you look at his game and just see how he's elevated himself, is he now on that elite level, and does he have the potential to be that way if he if he elevates in, in these playoffs and keeps playing like he did game one? Yeah, I think he's doing a great job, you know, trying to find who he is with, you know, those mega stars next to him. So, um, you know, just to have the courage and the confidence to really, you know, just, you know, perfect his skill. Um don't be shy about, you know, what you bring to the table and bring it. You know, so the fact that they let him rock and, um, you know, go out there and just, you know, explore, you know, the game the way he feels that it needs to be explored is, is great. So I think he's just a great addition to that team and what he's doing this year. And uh, he's going to need his bread soon. And when you look at that squad, who, who's the odd man out there? Is it going to be Clay Wiggins? Who, you know, Jordan Poole is going to elevate. He's going to have to bump somebody to the side. Who, who do the Warriors now, if they got to make a move and deal one of those guys, who you think it should be? Oh, sh hey man, listen, them owners is rich as shit, man. I don't <laughs> even know why people be talking about shit like that. Break man, bread. This got so much bread over there, man. They can pay anybody they want to, you know. But because of salary cap. You know, they pull they pull all those strings. So, you know, it handicaps it, 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 it handicaps the richer owners, you know, that can afford to pay whoever they want to. They got the luxury tax and all that 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 to try to, you know, make it fair. You know, but it, it's it's really hard. You know, everyone we, we all want to say Draymond, you know, that's always the first name, but he's the heart and soul of that team. He's the one that makes it all stick together. Um Without Clay, they were doing great. Um, can Poole take Clay's spot as as that score? I mean, you, those are you know those are questions that you can you, you're going to ask yourself. But you can't replace somebody like Clay. Can't replace somebody like Steph. 
you know, he might he might be the odd man out, you know, especially Ooh. if this team is still trying to win championships. Wow. I don't, yeah, I think I mean I think they got a role, you know. They got that homegrown talent, but it's going to be some tough decisions to make. That's why they're in the position they're in. That's why we're in the position <laughs> we're in. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. But let's move on. Talk about these Hawks. You know, after beating the Cavs to make the playoffs, uh, had to play game one against the Heat in Miami just 36 hours after surviving the play-in tournament. Got smacked by 24. Is that something, nothing, or everything? It's something. Like, it's... That's what that... You know, for, 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 for the play-in game... When you sorry, when you suck all year, you trying to, you know, make this little comeback, that's what happens. You get less rest. You get less rest. You you weren't were, were they what, nine? Yeah, shit. Nine or nine or ten, right? No, they were ten. They were they were ten. You know, you you know, just making the playoffs was a you know, nobody expected you to actually make it a game, especially that first game, thirty six hours. Everybody knew you was gonna get your ass blown out. Yeah, for sure. They were the ninth seed. They obviously wouldn't have even been in the playoffs, so they just need to be thankful and grateful that they got the <laughs> opportunity to, to participate in this shit and get a look. But it is what it is. Like you said, you, you, you're playing against the one seed. You're not going to get no competitive advantage or anything like that. It just is what it is. Do you think the Hawks... It hurts Trey Young. Yeah. That he loves that energy. He loves that energy that that uh that the, the the road team brings that that the, I mean the road fans the boo win and all that in Miami don't do that <laughs> you know the, Miami don't do all that booing and stuff you know they're at the club and getting ready for the nightclub so they're not really out there wasting their energy at the game so you know Trey's gonna have to try to find his inner ice you know in, in Miami Trey, Trey, one for 12 in game one, eight points, I believe was the season low for him. Do you think Trey bounces back game two, or is he going to have to, you know, import some Knicks fans or bring some Cavs fans, you know, pay for some other fans to come through there and, and, and get that ice tray unleashed? No, no, you know, the, the great the great ones, the great players, the, the elite always bounces back. You know, it's, you know, they figure it out, they watch tape, they see what they did wrong, they adjust. And, you know, that's what makes them, you know, that's what makes them great is that they, they, they adjust from game to game. Um, so, you know, him playing well, you know, game two is not going to be the question. It's, you know, is he going to be ice tray game two, you know, with that docile crowd they got over there in Miami? Yeah, at least he got any something. But let's, let's move on to our last one. After beating the Bulls in game one of the first round series, the Bucks are now 5-0 and against Chicago this season. Is that something, nothing, or everything as we head into game two? I mean, you can say it's something, but like mentally, you know, oh yeah, we beat them five times. It gives you that confidence. But the playoffs is a lot different. Uh, the playoff, when it comes to playoffs, your regular season, your regular season matchups do not matter. You get that big booklet of what a player can do and what he can't do, all the things he's trying to do. So you can see how like 
DeRozan struggled a little bit, you know, at times during this game because they loaded up on him. You know, Greek was loaded up on. So, you know, it's players that you didn't really play well during regular season that you got to come and release some of that pressure. So, like, you know, players like Kobe White, you got you got to you got to be aggressive because the more shots you hit, the more they have to adjust. Which means if they're adjusting away from the original plan, that opens up Demar and, and Zach a little bit more. So the Bulls struggled against top NBA teams all season. Uh, you know, at, at a point they were they were top. You know, you know, one of the top teams in the East now dropped to that that sixth spot. Do you think they have a chance in this series? And, and what's it going to take for them to upset the Bucks? You know what? They do. I mean, for game one, you know. Um, Playing against the you know the the defending champs, they played well. They had a chance to win the game. You know if um, if they call that over the back on Greek, he's out of that game. Um, that changes. Um, one thing that I, I seen that they, they shouldn't have done was it was 16 seconds left on the shot clock. No, it was 16 seconds left on the game clock, but 11 on the shot clock. So they had to shoot the ball, but they fouled. And I'm like, why would you, why would you foul there when they had to shoot, which gives you the actual possession to try to tie the game up? Because if you foul, they're going to go up five. They're going to go up two possessions now. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made the call to foul there. I just thought that was just a stupid, stupid thing that they did. You know, they have to shoot the ball, so you're going to have it with at least three seconds left. Shit, force three at the at the at the least, but you know you're thinking about four or five seconds. You're going to have that ball back to to actually go down there and, and drop a great play. That's why you need to be coaching, Gil. You know, especially in podcast that, that, game. Big man, big man missed the wide open layup. That'll make it, that, that'll put it down one. See, like little things like this. So they're down three. He misses the wide open layup. But he missed the shot, got his rebound, missed the layup. They got the steal. Zach Levine, they would have been down one. They got the ball back off a of steal. And then um, that would have been a great chance to hit the basket. But since they were down three, Zach Levine went for the three-pointer, you know, the long three-pointer for the hero shot, you know. And then, you know, from there, like, so little things like that, you know, that that's what I'll be watching as a coach and as just in film. Forget the rest of the game. These are like little moments that we got to understand. Like, you know, Zach, you don't need this hero play right here. Go in there and get that extra. Go get that two. Make it a one-point game. Now we're down. Now we're down with, you know, now it's, you know, four seconds left. Now we have a chance to win the game if they miss. You know, you know, everybody wants to be heroes. You know, but not realizing you're down three. You missed that shot. You got a foul. Now the game is five. You know, try to keep it a one-point game. Yep. All right, let's move on now. NBA announced awards finalists for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, looking at the MVP, not surprising to some. You got Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Joker. Are you cool with the top three for MVP? Trash. It's trash. That's, that's, <laughs> like, all three big, three big men, that, 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 that's cool, you know. But... One is in thirds. One is in th one is a third seed. One is a fourth seed. One is a sixth seed. Neither one of them are playing that much better than they did last year. They're all plus one, plus two. Um, if I had to choose out of those three, 
I would say Embiid because he didn't have Ben Simmons this year with all the drama that went around the season, um, averaging 29.9 and, you know, having them top three seeds, you know, top three the whole whole year. I can rock with that. You know, um, Joker, eh, you're six seed. I, I don't, and at this point, I don't give a shit what you did. I mean, you, you ain't average a triple-double with – 30, 10, and 12 like Westbrook did. You know, same thing with Greek. You were number one last year. Yeah, how am I going to reward you? You're number three this year. Um, but not having Jamal Murray, not having MPJ, does that factor in at all? Like you said, Embiid didn't have Ben Simmons. You're six. That's what it showed, that you didn't have a couple players. So there's <laughs> so your numbers your numbers supposed to look good, but without those two players, you were still plus one in scoring. You only went up one point from last year. With almost 40-something points off the board. So, where's Devin Booker? Number one seed in the West. Like, why are we pretending that that he is not <laughs> playing at that type of level? His team is number one in the West. We're Golden State Warriors are sitting. We're Joker City. So, that means if Joker's there, this he is five levels. He's sitting... How I'm sitting, I'm sitting high. That's 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 what he's doing. So the fact that you know the fact that he's not even in the top three is just embarrassing. And what do you attribute that to? Because we've talked about this before. I, I mean, I, I want to say light skinned hatred. You know, they don't really rock with light skinned. It's Drake. Drake has really shifted the balance culturally. But you know, they they, they said he has CP3. CP3 goes out. That team's still playing strong. He elevates his game. And gets no love whatsoever. And if this is a league that values winning traditionally and historically, but it seems like they've just thumbed their noses at it. And he's an American dude. I feel like we've seen a lot of Euros on this list. We got Euros, Africans, we don't got no Americans. We need a little bit of love and respect. Yeah, it's like it's like usually it's more agendas than reality. Like, you know, one year it's about it's about winning. So if it's about winning, then he is winning. <laughs> he's very important to his team. Like, you're talking about two years ago, this team was in the bubble. They were in the bubble trying to make the playoffs, and they went eight games and still didn't make the playoffs when they were in the bubble. Last year, they went to the championship. And last year, what, they were they were two seed, they were two seed last year? Well, yeah, wait. wait. They were two seed or three seed last year. Now they're number one, so they're playing even better. Yeah, they were that two. The Lakers got seven, so it was a two seven. Yeah, so that's 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 an MVP. He's playing at a at a, at a very high level. They're doing better than they did last year. He's playing better than he did last year. Everybody else is doing worse than they did last year. That's a fair point, Gil. I can't look. You know, I'm not a voter, but where where do you stand to? When it, I just look at the media and, and the power that they wield in voting for these dudes. And as you know, some media can be assholes. Some media, you know, they might have grudges or bias or bitterness towards certain players who didn't give them interviews or whatever it may be. And a lot of media is not watching games at a, at a high enough level to understand what they're watching. So do you think that they should change the MVP voting structure up a little bit and not reward media for... I think they should change all, all voting when it has to do with the media. Because you're voting on... Like, if you're in the East Coast and you don't watch West Coast games or you don't go out to the West, then those players, you don't even really know. 
right? You don't, you don't, you don't really know what they're doing. You're just watching. Oh, he had a great game when he played against us, or he had a horrible game against us, and that's all you remember from him. So, you know, if Devin Booker went to Washington and the Washington reporters are like, yeah, this, he, he, he has six points. Why are we going to call him an MVP? You know, because that's all they remember. You know, so the fact that, that these guys are not traveling as much, watching. You got to remember, the fan has more knowledge about players than the media does. Yeah, they write about them, but they don't watch games like the, the, the addicted fans do. Yeah. So they don't know every player's skill level. They don't know how important they are. They're just looking at stupid-ass stats. <laughs> yeah, and no, I agree with you, man. I feel like a lot of times, you know, fans, especially nowadays, with, with the deep dives they take, and especially just in, you know, some of these team-specific NBA Twitter communities, these fans go hard, man, and, and they, they know the game. They watch the game at a high level. Not to say that, that all fans should get votes. Do you feel like players should have any say in this situation or coaches, or is that going to be biased too? Because a lot of players don't with each other let's just keep it real and they, they're just as uh you know likely to hate as a media member would be i mean coaches and players i'll respect coaches and players um votes more than others yeah for sure uh, knowing that okay if if Rondo has a vote. He ain't voting Chris Paul. We we got that. All right, Patrick <laughs> Beverly ain't voting Westbrook or anybody. He has to play defense again. But you know, but some people, some players say, you know what? No matter if I don't get along with that guy, I don't like that guy. I'm still going to vote for him because he deserves to vote. You know, like so. Patrick Beverly will give you a real analogy on an um, a what's the name his perspective on who a great player is, even if that's one of his enemies. You know, so I, I trust I trust players and coaches over over media. I feel that. So when you look at some of the other categories out there, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player, most improved player, coach of the year, is there anything that sticks out good or bad from any of those categories? Anything that's that's grinding your gears? Um, you know, rookie of the year, you know, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. Um, I don't think you're mad at either one. Um, I have I have Evan edging him because you know no one expected shit from the Cavs. Yep. You know no one expected shit from the Cavs. He played well. He is a main focal point on his team. You know um, Barnes is you know he's a very big attribute and you know obviously he's the future of that team. So um, it's either Evan or or you know give it Cole. You know um, I got Tyler Hero. A six man, averaging twenty second, you know, led the team in points. You know, um, Jimmy Butler had a, a you know twenty one point something. So uh, I give Tyler that defensive player, New York Knicks, <laughs> New York fans. You know, that's that's the defensive player of the year this year. I told you, I told you, some bitches, <laughs> some bitches, y'all was not gonna make the playoffs. Because reality was gonna kick in. Y'all hate y'all own team. And y'all defense was gonna be amazing this year. And it was amazing this year. I so, hope Spike Lee don't see this. I hope Ben Stiller don't see this. I hope Tracy hey, Morgan listen, don't see this. They can say what they want. But look, I said last year when we said, yo, you think they're gonna make the playoffs? I said, hell no. The pandemic bullshit is over. The real fans got to come back. 
They don't know how to act. They're going to boo the shit out of that team. They're not going to want to play. It's going to be the best defense ever played in sports, and they did it. Defense of the year goes to the New York Knicks fans. So Nick, Knicks fans got to come out with a new strain to keep them the marinas empty now so their squad could be good again? Wow. And then what about, uh, you know, the most improved player, coach of the year, who you, who you rolling okay, with? Most improved is tricky with me. Um, John Morant has the biggest jump, but it's John Morant. Yeah. That's- I mean, you, you're, you're a rookie of the year. You're an all-star. Ah, you're number two pick. I don't see how you how you're improving. How is that an improvement from your trajectory? You're rookie of the year. You're you are an elite player. You yeah, you went from what, twenty one to twenty nine or something like that, or I don't really like you're you that the the fact that you were like kinda in you was in the MVP race is like, okay, uh, let me jump down to the most improved. You can't do that. You know, it's not his fault. You know, he just he's a great player, but you know, as as a voter, that's that's not how it's supposed to work. Um where's Maxi at? You know, the, the way he's played, um the way he's played while another star has came on. Um I mean, I just think it's phenomenal that, you know, what do you have, what, 30? What did he have first game? Yeah, I think it was like right? 35, right? Because he, um, yeah. let me put like, it. So he's, he's, like, he's, like, while you have two super mega superstars out there, he's playing well and still finding his game. So um, I think he's, what, plus, he's, he's either a plus seven or a plus nine in his scoring category, um, which is probably second or third probably second or third to to uh, most improved. So so Tyrese became the youngest player in NBA history to drop over 35 points with zero turnovers, but he bumped actually my dad out of that spot. My dad had a 35-point game when he's with the Bucks. I want to say his first or second year in the league. So we appreciate you, Tyrese, but, you know, also giving us some love again, bringing us back. And, you know, we shared that on the family group chat. But to see him do that, dropping 38 with, with zero turnovers, it's pretty phenomenal. I think he, he needs some love. Like, but I'm saying, like, where where is his most improved voting at? Like, this is – like, what, what what is everyone doing? Like, are they not – that's what I'm saying. Are they not watching the actual game? Like, they're just not watching the game? Because if John Moran don't get it, like, who are they going to give it to? Garland? Yeah, did he have a better did he have a better jump than Maxi? No. That's that's real chat. That's real chatter. I mean, I you know, <laughs> you know I mean? th- these things are not perfect. And but let's move on. Last but not least, coach of the year. Taylor Jenkins, Spo, and Monty Williams. Do you think EMA Adoka deserves even a, a just a shred of love for what he was able to do with this? Because, you know, early in the season we were talking about should the team trade Tatum or Brown and break up that that core group. And he just, you know, elevated the squad to second in the East. No love. They've been there the whole time. You know, Boston's been look at Boston's. They've been they've been around two, three, four the whole time. So no. Monty Williams, no, you was two last year. You just moved up a level. No, so no. Um Tyler. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> I can see it. I can see it a little bit. But I want Willie Green. You know, they ain't make the playoffs in four years. He just got the job last year. No Zion. Mid mid season trade. You uh you lose so you lo- you lose half your team last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think B.I. missed so, something some close to like 30 games this year. You know, it was it's, yeah, so, but you did with that talent to get them to the eighth spot. That is that is a coach. That is a coach. You know, you coaches that's working with teams that you guys are three two, three, four last year, you just go up one level. Come on, that's just that's not coaching. That's just luck of the, of players being healthy. You know what I mean? That's just like saying Kurt, like Kurt saying, "Yeah, I, I should be in here because shit, I didn't have Clay Thompson all year." Like, come on, you can't. You know, so I I think Willie Green, you know, with what he had, mm-hmm. you know, you know, this year, not having one of the most explosive players, you know, in the game. You know, not being there all year and, and just working with what the talent he has and, and having him here in the playoffs is that's a coach. That's that's the coach of the year. You know, just because like having a coach that's one like you know, most that's what I said it's like they always want to give it to the one, two, three and certain things, but this team ain't made the playoffs in four years and you got this unit moving like a playoff unit. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, Gil, we appreciate you taking the time on Easter. You know, if you do that Easter egg hunt next year, I'm going to need the invite. I'm going to get my kids out there, but I'm going to come out there as well because I'm trying to grab some of them eggs with the bread in it. You already know. Hey, parents was doing doing the same shit last year, so you good. (laughs) (laughs) Parents was doing the same thing last year. All right, we appreciate y'all. It's been another episode of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We're going to be back with more all throughout the playoffs, man. Appreciate y'all pulling up with us.